Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 29th. It's five minutes after 10. We're Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there, Casey Daniels 317. Of course, we're both on YouTube. If you want to type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. And this is a reminder that coming up on Wednesday, August 4th at the Indiana Historical Society, brought to you by Relay Indiana. October 4th. What did I say? August 4th. Oh, boy. That's already, it's come and gone, Casey. I know time is, time is but a, but a fleeting thing, I know. Uh-huh. Okay, so Wednesday, October 4th at the Indiana Historical Society, brought to you by Really Indiana, is uh, WIBC night, and tickets go on sale for that this yes, morning. Yes, this always sells out, usually within a day or two. Do not wait. It's a fabulous event. You get to hang out with us. We do a little glorified floor show for you. I think there's a meet and greet component to this, usually, and uh, I-, I will be there. Uh, Casey will be there. Mm-hmm. Hammer and Nigel will be there. Maybe Tony Katz will actually show up to work. Possibly. Uh, Kev will be drunk off his ass, maybe. You It'll know, be who a knows? good time. That's what we ought to do. We ought to get Kev super liquored up and uh-huh. then have a skit for him <laughs> and let him stumble on stage and let's just see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. That'd be yeah. awesome. Oh, he's on board with it. <laughs> so okay. You, you can get your tickets at WIBC.com mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Okay, so Senator Mike Braun, he's continuing his 92-county tour of the great state of Indiana. This is where he visits every county. And uh, he was in, he was up north last week he was in south bend but he says uh it's a great cross section and he gets to see what people are talking about and he gets to learn what their concerns are and uh there are about uh 50 counties he's trying to get to and uh see what's on everyone's mind so mike braun was on with hammer and nigel yesterday and we're going to get to the part that i mean i about fell off my chair they asked him about property taxes and his answer is so ridiculous. I mean, and, and and really what this interview was a great insight into, and Hammer and Nigel always do a phenomenal, look, those guys get beat up as being, oh, they're just drunk slobs, and they, they're they phenomenal broadcasters, mm-hmm. and they do great jobs with their interviews, and they got more out of Mike Braun than anybody previously had, and we're going to get to his answer on property taxes in a minute, but what these interviews really show you is, for the most part, and I will say this I think the only guy with any core set of political conviction up there right now is Curtis Hill. Now, I'm not saying I agree with all Curtis Hill's core core convictions, but I'd say the only guy who, when he speaks, you say, whether you like him or you don't, he means what he says, and he's actually got some ideas of what he wants to do. And the rest of these people are just making it up as they go along. Take Silent Suzanne, great example. If indeed you desired to get rid of the income tax, which she now, based on the very uh, unpopular mass unsolicited text she sent to everyone, she does. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been your out-of-the-gate opening salvo? I'm Suzanne Crouch, and I am running on big, bold ideas, and idea number 1A is we are going to get rid of the income tax in the state of Indiana. Instead, you think she released that as a counter to Curtis Hill, yes, because Curtis, because Curtis mandate. was getting a lot of great publicity about getting rid of, of mm-hmm. mask mandates. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't actually believe that. She doesn't actually want to do it. She has no logical way to do it based on the fact that she's not for cutting government. And so there's no way you can make that work without actually cutting government. And she certainly doesn't want to do that. 
And this interview with Braun, it kind of felt like the same thing. Like when I'm listening to Mike Braun do this interview, why are you running other than you just want to be governor? Like none of these people who are running right now, other than maybe Curtis, but I'm not even sure with Curtis, where you hear them speak and you go, boy, you really want to run because you really want to make just profound policy changes in the state of Indiana. I don't get that really from any of these people. And I thought this interview with Braun, it's like, I'm just going through the motions on this stuff and hopefully you buy what I'm selling and I win. Yeah, saying what you want to hear. Uh, you're, I think the word you're looking for is lack of vision. Yeah, because and and this is and this is always true, and this is why. And I'm critical of Mitch Daniels because I don't believe the Mitch Daniels Paul Bunyan legacy it needs to be chopped down, pun intended. Because Mitch Daniels did a, a lot of okay things, but Mitch Daniels also wasn't this greatest politician who ever lived guy because like property taxes where yeah well, you air cap you, you air cap phony cap the taxes well then you raise a sales tax so you mm-hmm. don't get credit for like lowering taxes because you didn't actually do that but the point is mitch daniels actually in terms of a public policy perspective was the last person in the state of indiana in an executive capacity who really leaned in to the intricate details of what he was doing and understood what he was doing. Now, how he sold it or whether it was actually good or not, that's for other people to decide. I have my opinion on it. But he actually weighed in on all of these things and understood the intricacies of it because Mitch Daniels was a research guy. Mitch Daniels was a policy wonk. Mitch Daniels knew the stuff. These people running, whether it is professional Aaron Boy, Brad Chambers, or Silent Suzanne, or Eric Doden, is he even still running? I don't even know anymore. Or, or, or Braun, or to many levels, Curtis. They're not doing the work. Like solving tax issues is hard mm-hmm. because you've actually got to understand the budget. You've got to understand taxes. You've got to understand how to streamline and eliminate government. Casey, first year in public office, what's the number one thing I did? Largest municipal property tax cut in the history of the state of Indiana, 13.5%. Never done before, never done since. And I did it because I spent a year understanding how tax rates work and how government spending works and how bonding works and all of these things coming together. It's hard. These people are lazy. It's just the lack of tax reform or vision of cutting government is just laziness. And in this Mike Braun interview, I didn't get the sense of a guy who uh, uh, he's saying things, right? Mm -hmm. He's not understanding a lot of what he's saying he's saying things well the one thing that he has been consistent on is that he doesn't want to be in washington dc anymore which he desperately wanted to be in washington dc just six years ago right he desperately wanted to be in washington dc just six and he years got ago. there and decided oh no i miss indiana uh, I mean, it's just a, but i want to stay in the government okay so he got asked one of the things they asked him right out of the gate was hey curtis has put out the salvo but no mass mandates if he is governor what say you here's what braun had to say if you were elected the governor of the state of Indiana, where do you stand on mask mandates, vaccine mandates for these public universities, churches, businesses that get state money? So there'd absolutely be none of them. Um, I would not uh, be for any mandates uh, coming from our state government. And uh, I uh, don't just, uh, I'll practice what I preach. I was a freshman senator that got that crazy idea of Biden trying to force vaccines onto every uh, worker down to, remember when they were trying that about a year after COVID was in the rearview mirror? That was our office that exercised the 
Congressional Review Act and uh, got two Democrats to get on board. And three weeks later, the Supreme Court said that was a cue to call that unconstitutional. So I was disappointed when I saw what we did. Uh, there wouldn't have been an essential business. You're one of them and somebody isn't. Uh, you know what that did in my hometown? My wife's business, so her only job, and it's a home accessory and gift store, and every other downtown retailer shut down for six to eight weeks. And then, remember, you kept moving the kind of the emergency standards uh, forward. That would not have happened with me. Yeah. So, okay, so he's talking about the essential workers, right? Who's essential, who's not? Here's the problem, Casey, and I'm going to read you an article from the Associated, I'm sorry, from this is NPR, okay? And the date on this is March 25th, 2020, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to read you as NPR reported this, and you tell me what stands out to you as I'm reading this to you, okay? So keep in mind, you've got Trump as president, mm-hmm. you've got a Republican-controlled Senate. Are you ready? Yep, All right. and this is March 25th, 2020. 2020. The U.S. Senate overwhelmingly approved a $2 trillion relief package Wednesday night designed to alleviate some of the worst effects of the swift economic downturn currently underway as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Are you now ready? Here we go. Ahead of the 96 to 0 vote... Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told lawmakers, our nation obviously is going through a kind of crisis that is totally unprecedented in living memory. Let me read the most important part back to you, Casey, based on what Mike Braun just said. Ahead of a 96 to 0 vote, the key number there is zero. Yeah. Nobody voted against it. Some people didn't vote, but nobody voted against it, and that includes Mike Braun. Correct. The the stuff he claims to lament and hate right there. Mm Mm-hmm. He put his seal of approval behind it by that 96 to 0 vote. So he doesn't get to come out and say, oh, the shutdowns, the lockdowns, I was against this, I was against that. None of this would have happened. That was just 13 days in, by the way. None of this would have happened without the Republican Party and Mike Braun bribing these states to shut down. They could not have done it. You know why they did it? Because they knew they were going to get money from the federal government. So he doesn't get to say, no, oh, I was against this and I was against that and I blah, 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 blah. You, you, you helped facilitate it. Right. You voted for it. Uh, he has promised to use his entrepreneurial skills to help all Hoosiers. And that includes his wife, which he referred to in her business. Uh- all right, we got we got so much more to get to on this because this interview was just super important and Hammer and Nigel did a great job on it. I want to take a break because they asked him another question about the lockdowns and the mandates and mm-hmm. and then oh, this property tax thing is just simply unbelievable. All right, more from Mike Braun coming up on 93 WIBC. During the final 16 months of his term, Mike Braun says he will serve robustly. He said that uh, we saw the national debt grow from $18 trillion to nearly $33 trillion, and he still hopes to fight for reform, but feels that that's more likely to happen on a state-by-state basis. Yeah, so he was on with Hammer and Nigel yesterday, mm-hmm. did this fascinating interview. Last segment, we talked about, you know, he was saying, well, I'm against mass mandates and shutdowns, which is, which is fine, but the problem with that is, and then he you know, is lamenting all these things, basically, that Holcomb did, you paid for it to happen. Right. It's like you didn't commit the crime itself. 
You didn't rob the you didn't rob the bank. But you were in the back seat of the getaway yeah, you, car. You hired the guy to rob the bank. Yeah. Mike Braun voted for that initial two trillion dollar round of funding. Now, once he realized, hey, this is super unpopular with the Republicans, and you know where it was all going, he started to vote no on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it came time to make the actual judgment, he had terrible judgment. Yeah, and it's just like with the gas tax which I'm still waiting for someone to ask him. And I, I look, I know they ran out of time and you only have so, so long and they can only get to so many things. But you voted for the largest tax increase in state history when you were in the Indiana House, Mike Braun. You did that and it goes up every single year. So the track record of Braun, when it's, when it's decision time, not 2020 hindsight, is to raise your taxes and blow through money like it's going out of style in the federal government. So I'm not going to let him come on these airwaves, at least use our, I mean, we're going to use our show. And if he's going to say that on these airwaves, mm-hmm. I'm certainly going to respond to, you don't get to act like you're, in, you know, an innocent victim in all this, or you're some, con- you know, conservative fighter. And here he is, again, just straight out lying out of his ass. Now, he did take a shot at Silent Suzanne, which I think is great, but trying to say he's the most reliable person on this issue. As we've got six of us in the race, uh, and a couple declared way before I was an interloper getting in, and uh, two more since. And of any of them, I'm the only one that's got the record. Um, you know, Lieutenant Governor Crouch would have a record, and I didn't hear much about any of this, you know, when this was happening. But I got a voting record, and and got a track record that makes me one of the most conservative senators in the U.S. Senate, and I practice what I preach, too, and it's going to be on principle, and I think that's going to be the litigation. Everyone's going to put their bylines and headlines out there in terms of what they're going to do, but I always like to look what has someone done based on their record. Oh, okay, you do have a record, and that's why we're talking about it. Your record is you funded, the, you, you, are the, you are the money man. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you started voting against it once you realized it was unpopular. But when you thought it was going to be popular, you voted for it. the same way you did with the tax increases. And he's lying, Casey, because the only person running for governor in Indiana. And again, I say this as someone I'm not endorsing Curtis Hill. I've not endorsed Curtis Hill. Maybe uh, that'll happen in the future. I don't know. I'm a long way away from any of that. But what I am giving our audience is the facts. And the facts are when it comes to mask mandates or lockdowns or shutdowns, Curtis Hill mm-hmm. is the only person. Because Curtis Hill issued that advisory opinion that forced the governor to remove the criminal penalty from the mask mandate. It's not Mike Braun. It is Curtis Hill is the only person. Now, if that's important to you, vote accordingly. If it's not, don't worry about it. But you're not going to come in here and lie and act like you have some great record when you were paying for all this to happen Mm -hmm. and not doing anything to help us in Indiana. I didn't hear Mike Braun say word one. He he said in a different interview, not with Hammer and Nigel, that he championed risking his political capital (laughs) and that you can do a lot if you're willing to stick your neck out. Apparently he's not. Yeah. Because he did not stick his neck out because as you pointed out earlier, that vote was 96 to and, zero. And, and Hammer and Nigel did such a good job of this interview. All right, we've got to play. Mm-hmm. This is, okay, so we have documented this. Multiple people have told us, and this is where your antenna should go up big time if you are a voter. Because when people start changing their song and their tune from week to week, that means they will tell you whatever you want to hear. Lacking conviction. Absolutely. And that is a recipe for disaster. So take away how stupid his answer is, and we'll get to it here in a second. But we have heard from multiple people 
who approached Mike Braun at you know county fairs or Republican breakfasts or whatever and asked him about property taxes. And we heard the same story, the exact same story from multiple people who don't know each other, which means he definitely said it. And they asked him, what are you going to do about property taxes? And Braun was super flippant with them and said, it's not a big deal and it's going to sort itself out. And this was just some spike in the economy and it'll reset itself and don't worry about it. And I was told by many people that at these various events he's going to, because of the popularity of this radio show, and it got out there, his opinion on property taxes, that he got an earful from people. And now, magically, Casey, Mm -hmm. he has some sort of something he wants to do. Now, it is stupid beyond belief, and we'll get to that in a second. But now, here's his opinion on property taxes, which is totally different than what he was saying before. Uh, What are your (laughs) thoughts on what's happening right now with property taxes in Indiana? So I visit all 92 counties, and we got them almost all in this year, and that comes up all the time. Um, and it was obviously, again, based upon a system that was supposed to reflect market changes, but never was meant to handle something skewed by government. And again, look at the bizarre dynamic triggered by D.C. that created superinflation. Uh, people wanting to get out of town created that. Uh, real estate uh, kind of temporary bubble. And obviously, I thought uh, the governor, uh, even our legislators, should have come in and put some type of cap on a system that was out of hand. It was never meant to gyrate that much. It was meant to take some of the kind of uh, arbitrary nature out of the system, pre-being market-based. But whenever anything gets skewed, even if you think you've got a good system, you can't just sit on your hands. To me, uh, I've heard so many complaints about it. Uh, it'd be something that I would try to fix so that in the future, if you're ever getting spiked, and if nothing is fixed before I get there, is that you'd obviously put a lid on how much something can go up in a given year, and it should be no more than the growth of the economy at best. So uh, that's warranted. It's out there. You hear it a lot. Okay, so first of all, take away the fact that you, Mike Braun, created the inflation by voting to spend $2 trillion, okay? So you are you have just indicted yourself as creating the property tax or the property price crisis, whatever we're calling it. Yeah, his first sentence was to blame D.C. Which you voted for, mm-hmm. that you can't get around your... That's the great thing about this show, Casey. We have no favorites. We don't like any of these people, and we will tell you what their record is. His record is absolutely, he voted for that. So he's yep. a part of the problem. So he starts to blame uh, the people in D.C., which he was one of. Yes. And then he blames the guy before. Yes, and look, there is a cap. The premise of the cap was because local governments are out of control. Now, the go- local governments who are out of control, school corporations, because that's the only people you ever hear going for these referendums. You never hear, hey, your local fire territory is having a referendum or your town is having a referendum. It's always these school corporations. Anytime they want, can put a referendum on the ballot. So you don't have an actual cap. The issue is that it is unfair that every single year the government puts a lien on your home that they have absolutely nothing to do with 
owning or buying or anything else. That is your property. You bought it. The issue is that you have it is, a single solitary cap on assessors is not going to stop this because they will always figure out a way around it. He he is saying that out of force. It is so obvious in his voice. He hasn't leaned into this at all. He pulled that out of his ass and he only did it because he got an earful on the campaign trail. And just like Suzanne Crouch, with that income tax proposal, she doesn't wanna do it. And if they don't wanna do it, you can't trust them when they're in there to do it. And that's who Mike Braun has exposed himself to be. That was a great interview by Hammer and Nigel. He said he was something he was gonna fix. Didn't they put the cap in place in 2017? No, the tax cap was put in place in 2008. It was put in the Indiana Constitution in 2010. So we are, let's see, what is that, 13? We're 15 years on a cap. We're 13 years in the Constitution and property taxes have never been higher. All right, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And joining us next, we've got Micah Beckwith on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. The last straight hope for the state of Indiana. It all hangs on his shoulders. The fabulous <laughs> Micah Beckwith joins us now. All right, Beckwith, you went to some sort of big shindig over the weekend. Mike Pence was there. I heard he got a very chilly reception. What happened? Well, I don't know if it was if it was chilly. I, I'll be honest with you. It was the Lincoln Lawn Party uh, over at Alicia Shellis House in Zionsville. But earlier in the morning, I was down in Dearborn County uh, at a over by Cincinnati and and hanging out with a bunch of great, uh, you know, patriot, you know, uh, minded uh, Republicans, and then went over to Zionsville. Then I ended the day at an NRA banquet, and so got to see kind of the whole state and or a lot of the state and just a lot of the the God and country kind of minded people. And when I went to the Lincoln Lawn Party, you had uh, the you had the main uh, gubernatorial candidates there. Uh, Jamie Rittenauer and Brad Chambers weren't there, but everyone else was there, and and uh, and and then Mike Pence spoke as well. And I'll, I'll tell you this, like. Mike, he actually gave a a fairly good speech, and I remember thinking to myself, "Gosh, if he was this way on the national stage, I think he would resonate a lot better with people." He was he was a lot more relaxed, he was a lot more laid back, and it wasn't so it wasn't so stuffy that I've seen out of Mike Pence for the last two years. And then you know, but then there's a part of me when you walk away, it's like, "Geez, Mike, I I love what you're saying, but gosh, I don't know if." can I trust you on this anymore? And, and, and that's, that's the question. I think a lot of kind of the people who are like me and say, man, I, I really value what Mike Pence has done in a lot of ways for the state. And I love that he's been a champion. What? Wait, 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 time out. What did he do for the state? What did he do? Other than approve massive government expenditure increases and growth of government, what did he do for our state? So, so I was getting to that, Rob, if you let me finish my uh, my. Well, you've been thought. going for nine minutes here, so I <laughs> thought you might want to take a breath. <laughs> Uh, no, what I think what, what I've appreciated about Mike Pence is that he's been a uh, a guy that's really stood strong on faith and family values. When you've had the Holcomb team that don't acknowledge faith and family values at all, 
And then you look back at Mike and you say, okay, well, at least Mike acknowledged faith and family values. And he, and he was a champion for pro-life issues in, in the state. He's always been a champion of pro-life. And that's really, I'm really passionate about that. So in that regards, I think there's give honor to where honors do now. Do, do I think he screwed the pooch in a lot of ways? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all made mistakes, and, and he's certainly made his fair share of mistakes. But to say say all that, he, he really – it was actually a, a, a good speech, and I just remember thinking to myself, geez, I've not heard Mike Pence talk like this for a very long time, and it's probably just because we're seeing him on the national stuffy – you know, CBS interview, uh, you know, uh, routine, you know, and that's, that was, that was what stood, stood out to me about, about Mike. Okay. Mike, back with our guest, uh, speaking of people running for governor, uh, it came out yesterday in Indiana Capitol Chronicle that Brad Chambers, the hand chosen his, by the way, I think his nickname Casey's going to be Aaron boy, Brad Chambers, because that's basically <laughs> what he's been as an Aaron boy for Holcomb and Hupfer incorporated, uh, Aaron boy, Brad Chambers gave $5,000 to Obama. And if you were to say, Wow, Holcomb and Hupfer handpicked some guy to run for governor. I would say that seems about right that he gave five thousand dollars to Barack Obama. What say you? Yeah, I think that's uh, not surprising. Uh, and and here's here's what I hope happens. I remember when John Crane was running for uh, state senate in 2016, and he had voted in Operation Chaos. Yes. Uh, for the for the Democrats. Remember Rush Limbaugh's Operation Chaos when they said, "Hey, go vote in Democrat primaries" back in 2008. Well, John had done that, and in 2016, when he ran against the party, he was running against an incumbent. The party blistered John for voting Democrat, and they didn't even give context to what he was doing. They said, "Oh my gosh, he voted Democrat." So I'm expecting the party, led by Eric Holcomb and Kyle Hupfer, to blast Brad Chambers for not just voting for Barack Obama, but giving him $5,000. So that, to me, is, is egregious. I think that tells you all you need to know. And I've never met Brad Chambers, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is the problem with the, the, the Republicans that we have leading Indiana at this point. They are the Republican wing of the Democrat Party. That's all they are. And we, we need to stand up unequivocally and say, listen, enough's enough. We're going back to faith and family values that Republican principles are built upon. Yeah, and that's ironic because Crane ended up voting like a Democrat for the seven years he's been there. So that, uh, I guess, kind of was a little foreshadowing now, wasn't it? Can't you just let me say something nice about John Crane? <laughs> oh, no, Micah, this is my show. You you, you get Sundays, I get Monday through Friday. Uh, okay, real quick, what a shift of attention. So, uh, just, actually, in fact, just a, a segment or so ago, we played this interview Mike Braun did with Hammer and Nigel yesterday, and they asked him about property taxes. And he gave this super weird answer about capping property taxes, but they're already capped. And it's like none of these candidates, any of them, Curtis or Braun or Silent Suzanne or Chambers or any of these people, want anything to do with property tax reform. And it's crazy to me because it's such a freebie. And the only conclusion I can make is they don't want to put the work in to solve the hard problem. It's not a hard problem to solve. That's what I keep telling all the candidates. It's an easy problem to solve. It's, it's first of all, I, I, I don't think it's your property if you have to pay the government to stay there. Okay, so, so that to me is a constitutional issue. I think our founding fathers would have rolled, been rolling in their graves saying, you've got to pay the government to stay on your own property. Absolutely not. What I would like to see is a property tax that is only paid when you sell the property, which is makes total sense. I think that's, that can still, that can still bring revenue into the counties, into the cities, but it also protects the, the little old lady who's lived in her house for 80 years 
And now she's being threatened of eviction because she can't afford the property tax. She's long paid off the house. It's her house. It's her property. But yet the government somehow thinks it has the right to come in and say, oh, you can't stay here because you haven't paid us your due. Like, that's not American. That's not what the founding principles of our of our nation. So I think that would be really easy to say property taxes will not come due until you pay until you sell your house. And we are in the same boat California was in 20 years ago. They did the same thing. California capped their property taxes. I don't know if you know that or not, but they did the same type of cap that we have. The problem is the assessments. They said, we're going to still get our money. So what they did, they they jack up assessments. And now a, an 800 square foot home in California is a million dollars. Well, why? Because when you have a million dollar home, you pay a lot more in, a, in property taxes. That's what's happening in Indiana. So it's not so much the property tax. It's the assessment and the overinflated assessment values of these homes, that's what we need to address. But but I think you're right, Rob. It is a softball. Every candidate needs to address this because it's hurting Hoosiers big time all over the state. Well, that was so easy. The answer you gave was just so freaking easy, Micah. Why wouldn't they? It's a freebie. Why wouldn't they just take that, even if they don't believe what you just said? Just go with it. It's such a win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, it's a good question. I, I don't know what they're waiting for. Now, I, I have talked to Curtis. Curtis and I, you know, obviously are, we have a good friendship. We go we go back way back. I know he is looking at he's looking at a comprehensive review of all of it. He's saying, listen, income, property, gas tax, all of that stuff needs to be looked at and and readjusted because it's killing Hoosiers. And so I don't think it's not a it's not a it's not for him. It's not a we're not going to do anything about it. Obviously, Suzanne has come out with her uh, getting rid of income tax, which I, it, listen, anytime someone says we're going to get rid of income taxes or, or taxes in general, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I, I love that concept. But I know she's taken flack from a lot of people. Suzanne has because they're saying, oh, how are you going to replace the seven billion dollars? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I think you said it on the show, Casey, Rob, both of you guys said it the other day. It's just moving us back to 2017 levels is all we would be doing. And I'm thinking to myself, we've expanded revenue $7 billion mm-hmm. in less than a decade? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? That's right why, now, where, where are we going to be in another 10 years? That's yeah. why I love you, Beckwith. You're our fan. You actually listen to our show. You're he the pays one, attention. You're the one person. Casey, go ahead. Hey, Micah, so you mentioned uh, Silent Suzanne and uh, her talking about the um, income tax, getting rid of that. And we've heard from Curtis Hill saying no mask mandate. Now we've heard from Mike Braun saying no mask or vaccine mandates. Now, since you're running for lieutenant governor, and I know you're primarily talking to delegates, do you feel the need to come out and make an announcement, take a stand on these issues as well? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, Casey, nice stand. job putting that ball on the tee for mm-hmm. Micah there. Great That's job. what I'm here for. I got you, I buddy. Been, I have been making this stand, Casey, since the... The lockdown started. The mass mandate started. I have written over 4,000 religious exemptions for people in Indiana who have fought, been fighting to keep their jobs, uh, and they don't think that the vaccine is right for their body. And so I have been I have been on the forefront of saying the government doesn't have a right to tell somebody that they have to get a shot or put something on their face. And so government, get the heck out of the way. Now, if you're a private business and you want to make a, a rule for your business and someone can't come in without a mask, that's fine. I will gladly take my business somewhere else to a a rational, uh, you know, a minded business owner down the street. But when the government gets involved and starts making these 
stupid, stupid, stupid mandates. And I'm telling you, I'm saying stupid because they were putting kids in masks. They mm-hmm. were putting kids on the vaccine train. They were doing the dumbest, most. I just can't explain how dumb these people are that have that have put us into the situation that we are in right now. And it's the foolishness of, of people who don't know the wisdom of God. They don't know what God had ordained from the, the start of time and they have walked away from it. And now they make really bad choices that hurt children. We have, we have launched kids into this depression, anxiety, fear, full, uh, full of fear, just a, a world. And, and we're looking back at it and we're saying, well, how did this happen? And it's all because the government came in, put their thumb on the scale and said, you have to mask up. You have to get a vaccine. You have to stay at home. Don't come out of your house. Of course it created a problem. And as Lieutenant governor, I will never stay silent if that happens again. And I, I again, go, Lieutenant governor does not have authority to stop it, but boy, I would be the loudest thorn in the flesh to every single legislator, every single person in government. If they tried to go down this path again, if I was, if I was your lieutenant. Okay, governor. I'll vote for you. Settled. Great. Thanks. Well, you know what, Micah, though, I wanted to ask you because now on the national level, Biden is coming out and I really think that he's confused on vaccines because he's saying we're rolling a new one out in September. And then on the other hand, he's saying we're funding more more vaccines like there's two vaccines right we've got the one that they're releasing in just a month and then they're funding more research for another one to come out you know to be determined and now we've got uh Lionsgate and that college in Georgia and now some districts in Kentucky some school districts that are now requiring masking and proof of vaccination and threatening of the lockdowns again um you know what are we gonna what do we do in this time around <laughs> well there's an election coming up uh, in 2024. Haven't you heard, Casey? Yes. We're doing it all over again. Oh, I've already said this. I'm letting you say it, Micah. (laughs) So I was at the the library board meeting uh, last week in Hamilton County and there, you know, the room is majority, the same 40 leftists from Hamilton County will come and pack the room out. And I would say about about 15 of them were all wearing masks. Oh, now, now that had changed. I haven't seen a whole lot of masks over the last few months, but now they're starting to virtue signal again. And you know, the mask is the leftist version of the mega hat. It's their virtue signal of, of this is how good we are. This is what we believe. This is what I'm doing. And, and I'm going to mask up because all y'all are, you know, your pathetic excuses for people. And so that's what, that's what's going on. But remember, this is this. They're trying to see how far they can push the American people, and I, I'm actually kind of excited that the Biden administration is is rolling these vaccines and mass mandates back out because I think we learned a lot as the American people. I think there's a lot of people who are awake now and they're saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, never again." And I just want to see the federal government or the state government just say, "Hey, you got to stay in your house." I will be the first per- person saying, "Nope, I'm gonna." stick it in your eye and I'm going to leave my house just because you're saying to stay in my house. And yeah, I think you're going to stick it in the eye. Micah, you've talked for 93 minutes here, so now we got to stick it to a commercial break. So how about that? <laughs> I'm passionate. I'm sorry. I'm passionate. I get on a roll. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I woke up this morning with Ten minutes in front of 11, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Hammer joins us in the studio from the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, now. 
Did Everybody you... got their red hats on here today? Mm-hmm. You know, we just decided we were, I've not worn these hats in probably four years and they were in the back and I said, let's just put the hats on for fun. Yeah. And, uh, right. So now they, I can't take it off. Yeah, I think they look great. <laughs> uh, did you actually almost fly into Tampa to be a part of this hurricane? I did. <laughs> I did last night. This is a true story. I swear to God, I'm not making this so up. So wait, wait, you're telling me like you didn't have business there or your kid didn't have an event. Like you said, I want to just fly and do, go into the hurricane. Yes. Anybody that knows me, and I've talked about this on the air a lot, um, on my bucket list of things I've not accomplished as a broadcaster is covering a hurricane. Mm-hmm. I am a weather nerd. I am fascinated with this kind of stuff. And I've always wanted to be like Jim Cantori on the beach, <laughs> hanging onto a palm tree, you know, the rain, the wind smacking me in the face. Like I'm into that. Mm-hmm. So the Tampa airport we were told was going to close at 12.01 AM. Yeah. And I got home and Crystal was like, I know you've always wanted to cover one. So if you're going to go, <laughs> no. go now. And seriously, I was looking up flights to Tampa to get there before mm-hmm. the cutoff happened. I was going to stay at the resort that we always have at Madeira Beach, which is right there, not too far from St. Pete. Mm-hmm. And I was really close. But then I got the guilt trip oh, yeah. from the coupon lady. Mm-hmm. Now, understand, we have a kid <laughs> in college now. Is your life insurance up to date? It wasn't even about that. She doesn't care if I live or die, but she just... <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that if you're going to spend this money, one, it could be going to your kid in college, mm-hmm. and number two, I will have leverage over you for yeah. the rest of your life oh. in this relationship. Yeah, yeah, you made you made a good move by not going. Um, I yeah. mean, like, she, she, to her credit, she was going to let me go. Yeah. If I decided to be, all right, damn the torpedoes, mm-hmm. I'm going to cover a hurricane, she was going to let me go, but man, the kid in college is pretty expensive. I love that you are so into weather. That's what I wanted to do. Originally, when I went to Ball State out of Beach Grove High School, I wanted to be a weather guy. I wanted to be, you know, Marcus Bailey on Wish TV doing all that stuff and ultimately covering the hurricanes on the Weather Channel. Uh, I want to also congratulate you. You gave us basically... the first 30 minutes of content this hour. Your interview with Mike Braun was absolutely fabulous. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And listen, this is what we do here at WIBC, right? Uh, You guys had Curtis Hill on, and that became a statewide story. We had Mike Braun on yesterday. We got him on the record where he stands on property taxes. We brought up a little bit gas taxes. um, And all the vaccine lockdown mm-hmm. things. So this is what we do here at WIBC. We are the most powerful radio station in the state of Indiana. Not just from a signal standpoint, where you can hear this station pretty much statewide, but we have the big names on when it comes to local things happening in Indiana. Nobody, maybe around the country, does it better than we do. Yeah, and and you know I think about you got him on the record, so he has now totally flip-flopped on the property taxes. Now he's heading in the right direction. But I thought it was very interesting that, you know, a week ago, we're hearing from multiple people going, hey, he's totally flipping about this and totally dismissive. And now all of a sudden, well, he's got this idea. I mean, it's a ridiculous idea, but he's got an idea on, I guess, freezing assessments or whatever, or they can't go above a certain level. But it's fascinating that you guys were able to get more out of him on the record than anybody had before. And at least now we have a position to start from for the other candidates. And that's great because we all win when these guys are on the record, whether you support 
support candidate A, B, C, D, whoever it is. When these dudes or women are all on the record here, now we've got something to go on here. Let's go. When you guys, because you guys do a great job, and I said this, and I meant this as a compliment, like people look at you and Nige and go, oh, look at those two drunk slobs, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You guys are actually very great broadcasters. And I, I always wonder when you do an interview like that, do you walk in with, hey, we've got to accomplish A, B, and C, or do you guys just kind of go, well, we're going to start here and we'll see where it goes? No, we go in with a plan. We want to find out what this person thinks about the big subject, right? Like, we've been doing radio since we're 18, 19 years old, professionally in the city. So this isn't our first rodeo. And yes, we may drink quite a bit. Uh, (laughs) There's Moonshine Monday, there's Tequila Tuesday, there's Beer Sample Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, we know where we want a conversation to go. It's our job to ask the questions and... If the candidate wants to answer that or not answer that, that's up to them. But we have to do our jobs and ask what I think most people want to hear. Did you feel when you walked away when you were done that he was uh, having he had conviction? Like, did you believe all of his answers? Or do you think they were canned? Uh, no, I think he. Now, I think he knew a lot of these questions were coming because of what Rob was saying earlier. From a lot of the chatter, things getting back to him, hey, people are really concerned about property tax. And now with Curtis Hill coming out with his statement first on no lockdowns, no, you know, things like that, mandates, um, I'm sure he's probably thought about the answer. So, you know... This isn't his first rodeo either. Sure. And and they're all going to, look, the, all, I think the two of them, Hill or Braun, the, the rest of them I don't think this about, but Hill or Braun, whichever one it is, would be markedly better than Holcomb. Yes. This uh, pair of headphones over here that has a broken adapter and is not plugged in would be better than the current governor By the who way, wanted to lock you up for wearing a mask. And then if you wanted to open your business, called you a Petri dish. And then after that, flipped you off and had a meet and greet with Malik Mohammed. Oh, by the way, did you see AI Holcomb is now up at Robin Kendall on Twitter? Did you uh, see the newest rendition of AI High Tax Holcomb? Very Jabba-like. <laughs> like a real strong, like Jabba the Hut kind of vibe <laughs> right there. Uh, what's coming up this afternoon? Uh, this afternoon, again, keeping our eye on the hurricane in yeah. Florida. This thing could be a Cat 3 when it makes a landfall early tomorrow. Biggest stories in Indy, and we're going to have a good time as always. Thank you, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in.